Hi, and welcome to episode 159 of No Crying in Baseball, the the White Sox hate fun episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. I like our our fun thread because we were talking about baseball being fun a couple weeks ago, although baseball not being fun is not a really good end of that thread. But yeah, but we sort of alternate that with rants. That's true. And I guess there's some things to rant about today. Yeah, actually. Yeah, today I'm directly tying the fun into the rant. Oh, my goodness. All right. Say something happy, please. Something happy. One happy thing that I saw on Twitter was an engagement announcement between Sue Bird and Megan Rapinoe. So yay, we just talked about Sue Bird's 40th birthday a couple weeks ago, and now they're engaged. I thought they were already married. I honestly thought they were already married. Yeah, you know, I thought that too. (laughs) Wow. But now we can all enjoy watching the, you know, preparations and stuff. That's that's pretty great. Hey, I'm going to tell you something that um, you you will appreciate, sort of. So I ran into a friend of the show, John, who's um, one of my coworkers, who listened to our rant earlier this week. Our Justin Turner ran and said, you didn't swear enough. Oh, collectively? No, me. Me personally. Oh, okay. I didn't swear. <laughs> I, I was like, but John, you specifically told me once when I did swear a lot that I shouldn't. I should leave that to the potty mouth and I should oh. lay off the swearing. And he said, yeah, but this time it would have been good. So I think he agreed with the rant. But um, so I am going to rant today, but we'll see what happens. I, I you know, I can't plan this. Oh, will, will Patty be dropping some F-bombs? Stay tuned to I find out. I don't know. Well. On today's show, we've got appreciation and disappointment. Are there really only three managers out there in the world worth hiring? Mets have some new ownership. For our COVID update, we've got the aftermath to the World Series, and we're already thinking about how COVID's going to affect next season. Hot Stove starts right now, so we're going to give you a preview of things to watch out for. And this week on International Baseball, we welcome back our friend, special guest, Clive Shue. So some players are worth appreciating. There are a lot of players worth appreciating, but I want to especially appreciate John Lester, who is a pitcher that I have admired since, of course, when he was on the Red Sox and was very special there and also then went and got to be special again with the Cubs. Unfortunately, the Cubs are not keeping him. He is now hitting free agency, but in his kindness for the city of Chicago, He is buying people beer, which is something I can totally get behind. (laughs) He has offered, except for there's a small glitch, of course. He's buying the first round to any Cubs fan who makes a reservation at one of four bars on Division Street. I'm guessing that is near the ballpark. And what he's trying to do is help places that are suffering because of COVID. And yes, there are space limitations and restrictions and things like that. It's not a packed bar that he's encouraging people to go to. But by having people go there to get their first Miller Lite, okay, it's a Miller Lite on John Lester's tab, they're going to buy some other stuff and it's going to be good business for the local establishment. So I'm sure that the city of Chicago is going to be sad to see Lester go. We'll find out what where he's going in the next God knows how long. It's going to take a while, I think. But I, I appreciate Lester for the intent, although the choice of beer, Miller Lite, it's his favorite I'm guessing beer. there might be a little bit of a sponsorship um, arrangement oh, yeah. happening there. But I will say he yeah. did post the receipts that were forwarded on to him from the bars. They were for a couple grand each which wow. is really very generous of him. He said, yeah, he got something like four receipts and one fraud alert. <laughs> That's <laughs> like hysterical. His, his credit card was watching out for him. So another appreciation, all of our talk about the World Series, in our review of the World Series, in our rant about the aftermath this past week, we didn't really mention Corey Seager, who was amazing. He was the MVP of both the World Series and the NLCS. In the World Series, he hit 400 including two homers, five runs batted in, and he walked six times against the Rays. And he was absolutely clutch. That's right. He was clutch. He got the hits at the right time for Mm -hmm. the Dodgers as well, including a go-ahead hit that that brought in in Mookie Betts in game six. And he did that well or better in the NLCS. And he deserved it. He deserved MVP. I'm really excited about that because he's had some like some issues with injuries and whatnot and off and on. And he's back and he had a great time. And he seems to be one of those guys who really works for it. He really works for it. And he really likes playing, which I like. And then he was just, uh, was he on Jimmy Kimmel? I can't remember what, what, 
nighttime show he oh, was right. on, when he said that he was in fact a fan of the cutouts in the baseball stadiums, he said oh, he wasn't sure awesome. how that was going to be. You know, it was weird because it was so quiet and all that. He said, but it, you know, they kind of grew on him. They really broke up the monotony of the the big empty stadium. So he kind of grew to like the cutouts. So those of you who participated in that, good on you. Corey Seeker is a fan. There was, I think it was Jimmy Kimball had, had um, Kershaw and Bellinger on and basically asked Bellinger if he was high. And he said, no, I just look like this. <laughs> like, I didn't see the clip, but I saw the quote from it. He did. And he also kind of left it a little vague. He yeah. said, I, I don't smoke during the games or so. It was something like really mm-hmm. a very specific right. answer to not quite the question that was being asked. So I was like, yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> all right. All, all fine. So uh, speaking of the the fame of the Dodger outfield, I'm going to do a little bit of a flashback of the Dodger outfield and not in a good way. Yasiel Puig has been entertaining to follow through his career since coming from Cuba. And there was an incident, I believe, that we talked about. I really wish I had done a little bit of homework on this. Um, But when he was involved in an allegation of assault against somebody, I think it was his sister, and it sort of went by unsubstantiated, you know, it, it got put under the rug. And I don't remember anything coming back from that. And I kind of forgot about it and went on talking about Yasiel Puig as a fun character. Well, it's now come out that he is accused of sexual battery and assault from exactly two years ago, Halloween on 2018, outside a bathroom at a Lakers game and Yahoo sports article, super trigger warning. It, it will probably link it, but it, it, it describes the assault, which if you don't want to read that kind of thing, don't read the article because it's pretty bad. He's being sued for a bunch of money. It's undisclosed right now. And it's the woman's name obviously is undisclosed. And it sounds like it wasn't somebody that he knew well, but there's not a lot of detail it's something that we have to keep on our radar. I hate talking about this shit. I'm really sick of it. And I'm sick of it, especially with people that I start to like. Puig is really, was really entertaining. And now I feel like I can't say nice things about him until God knows when. I don't know. Yeah, until we see how this, how this turns out, I guess, mm-hmm. and how he responds to it. Yes. Right? You know, so we'll see how this turns out and also what he, what his reaction is. And does he grow from this? Does he... Um, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, you've heard it all before from us. There are three teams at the beginning of the week that were looking for new managers. Now there's only one left. So the White Sox, the Tigers, and the Red Sox were all shopping for new managers. And I swear to you, only three names really got mentioned Tony LaRussa, AJ Hinge, and Alex Cora. And I just want to say, really? Out of all the people who work in baseball and have experience and have have talent and have all the things that you want to look for in a manager, which is different than what you looked for in a manager 10, 20 years ago, right? You need somebody that's going to really relate to the players. You need somebody who's got a good public face. There's a lot of things that you need. And there are a lot of people that I think have come up in baseball in the last decade or so, for instance, that mm-hmm. might be made to, may be more attuned to those things than, say, a Tony La Russa. And yet these are the only three guys, all of whom come with baggage. Whether it's, you know, perceived or it's real, there is baggage attached to them also. And these are the only guys we're talking about. So let me start my initial rant. The only part that's really a rant, other than can we please cast a wide net for a, a diverse, interesting pool of, of potential managers. Right. My main rant is, why do the White Sox hate fun? They have this amazing team full of young, energetic, talented players packed with personality, and they just freaking signed Tony La Russa to a multi-year deal. Now I don't get it. I don't. No one gets. No one gets it. Okay, so the White Sox, the owner, the, the chair, um, Jerry Reinsdorf, Reinsdorf, handpicked him and said, "Here's who we're going to have." So like the the organization was ready to cast that net and start all these interviews, and they really, as far as anybody knows, only interviewed Tony Larusa, who is seventy six years old. And I'm going to make it not about his age in years, but his age in his attitude. And 
in his culture. Because who loves Dusty Baker more than us? Hardly anybody. We love Dusty Baker, who's what, 71, 72, 71, I think. And he's got the things we love in a manager. And he relates mm-hmm. to his 23-year-old players. Tony LaRusa, man, here are some things that make him not a good fit for the White Sox or, you know, baseball right now. He spoke out against kneeling for the anthem initially with Colin Kaepernick, but as recently as this year, uh, there's, there's a YouTube clip from this year saying, well, it's not, not because you don't have something you, you dislike, which is his way of saying racial injustice, something you dislike. It's just the wrong way to protest. If it's sincere, uh, I don't have a problem with it. So now he's the arbiter of what's a sincere protest. Right. How can he tell it's not sincere? Well, I'll tell you why, because he also said, quote, there's not a racist bone in my body. And is that a red flag or what? Absolutely. Who tells you there's not a racist bone in my body or who tells you I'm the least racist person, you know, right? People who I I can think of a public certain public figure who's been saying that a lot these days. And if we're comparing on that level, that's pathetic. Right. Right. So you're going to say that crap and you're going to effectively manage Tim Anderson. For instance, there were at least eight members of the White Sox who knelt for the anthem this year, at least eight. Tim Anderson is just sort of like the public face for for right. a lot of this. But as, but Lucas Giolito, I mean, a whole bunch of the guys. So Tony LaRusso spoke out against Tatis's grand slam. He was defending the unwritten rules. So he's like he's on that side of things and he's going to manage um, Lewis. Robert, Robert, however, you know, like there's the way that potty mouth is trying to teach me how to say it. And then there's the way all the commentators say it. So, you know, Robert and Eloy Jimenez, right? So these guys with all of this energy and excitement, and you're going to say, oh, I'm sorry, Tatis's grand slam was out of bounds. We have, we have rules about this sort of thing. And I just learned about this. I may have read this before and just didn't matter to me, but a former pitcher for the White Sox in the eighties said, oh yeah, Tony LaRusso organized this whole sign stealing operation with the Wait, White Sox with the White Sox in the 80s. Here's how it worked in detail. In detail, the, the pitcher who was going to start the next game would spend this game in the manager's office where they could get the feed from the center field camera that was watching the catcher's signs. And that pitcher would had a switch to toggle lights in the Gatorade sign that was in center field to tell the batter what was coming in the freaking eighties, Tony LaRusa sign stealing. Well then, then all three managers have something in common. That's <laughs> right. That's exactly it's, right. And, and so, we, so that means nobody learned a lesson. <laughs> nobody, nobody learned a lesson. So like Tony LaRusa culturally is the wrong guy for the white Sox. I would like to say he's the wrong guy for major league baseball now, because we have in fact, come some distance. I want to say we've come a long way, baby, but we haven't, but we've come some distance and there's no reason to go backwards. There is no reason to go backwards. And it's not because he's 76 years old. It's because he is, he hasn't changed with the times. He is stuck. He is like, you know, he's in, in, in clay or carbonite or whatever he's stuck in and not, not changing with the times, not learning. And he's just not going to be able to relate to anybody. And I don't care that he's in the hall of fame and he won world series is great. Good for him. That's, that's old news move out of the way. Right. I'm with you. Hi. So the Tigers just hired AJ Hinch, the former manager of the Asterisks, who was suspended for a year because of the whole sign stealing scandal, the more recent one, not the White Sox one for the 80s, the trash can one from just a few years ago. And his suspension was over as soon as the World Series was over. And some of the, the publicity about this said that one of the things that's attractive about Hinch is number one, he did turn around the Astros. You know, the Tigers yeah. are kind of like where the Astros were when Hinch started. So he has experience, recent experience, bringing a team from, you know, way below, you know, 500 to world championships. He is known for player development, and that's what the Tigers need. And also, hiring him get, gets them in national news, right? It gets a yeah. lot of attention for the Tigers who get overlooked quite a lot. Yeah. Now, and they, AJ, they have a long way to go. They really do. They really do. And so does AJ Hinch because players and a lot of executives in baseball are not ready for Hinch or Cora to be in dugouts yet. Like not enough time has passed. If they get hired for baseball, put them in a front office somewhere where they're not 
upfront where they're not, you know, a front face of right. a team. That would be a lot easier to deal with than having them in the dugout. It's too soon for them to be in the dugout. Now, Hinch, we're talking about the Tigers right now. So Hinch has shown remorse. Is it enough? He knew. He knew what was he's responsible. If he didn't know, know he should have. Why didn't he? It's too soon. But he probably, as a manager, will be good for the Tigers. But again, really? You didn't, there wasn't anybody else? I mean, there's got to be some other people out there. I'm wondering if by the time our show drops, if the news about Cora and the Red Sox will have gone out because we're recording on Sunday night and we don't drop until Tuesday and that's a whole day for the Red Sox to announce what they're going to announce. I'm wondering if there's a lot of like feeling the pulse out there and seeing what the fallout from the Hinch thing is and seeing if they can get away with Cora or not. And, and judging that balance because people love or hate him. And he took and and he did take a substantial share of the flack from the whole cheating incident. It's being framed that his name was the one, you know, him and Beltran were the only two names that came through besides Hinch in the whole thing. And I know he has a lot of resentment about that part of it. I don't know. You know, it's so it was so hard for me as a Red Sox fan because I adored him as a manager. He was he had such great rapport with the players, such great rapport with Boston as a city. And he he was just, you know, a great model at that time. But then, fuck, then everything else came out about Houston. So I don't know what the Red Sox are going to do. So interestingly for him, he would be going back, you know, where he was already loved. Yeah. I mean, you know, so he, he's he got, a, you know, a community in Boston that would welcome him back. Hinch, it's weird. He's kind of starting over somewhere yeah. else. So I, I'm curious to see how both of those things play out. Um, I do think that the Red Sox are interviewing more widely, but the only name that's actually, you know, that I've heard said out loud is yeah. Cora. So we'll see what happens. I, you know, I will be less angry about that. And I'm less angry about Hinge for sure than I am about Tony LaRusso. Yeah, I didn't throw out my Cora t-shirt yet. I came really close when that got announced, but I still have it. So we'll see. So the Mets have a new owner. It's not A-Rod and J-Lo. I'm, I'm so okay. disappointed. Yeah, it really would have be, been kind of fun. But don't worry, it's a billionaire. So hedge fund billionaire Steve Cohen was approved by Major League Baseball, approved by the law department of the city of New York. That's actually a thing. So he, they got all the approvals needed to get. And so now what people are looking for is for him to open his big fat wallet hmm. and start bidding on free agents and bringing people in. It's like, okay, you've got all of this money. Please buy us the players that we need. He has made a really interesting first couple of moves. He reinstated all staff to their pre-pandemic salaries. That is a good thing. He established an aid fund for seasonal employees that will go um, till opening day when ideally they'll be working again, I think in his wow. plan. Well, who knows? And I haven't, I didn't find more about this, but there was a throwaway line. Oh, yeah, and $17.5 million aid for small businesses in New York. I'm like, Ooh, okay. That would be really good. Those are good things. Let's, you know, let's see what happens. Um, I, it's going to be fascinating. People have um, a wide variety of hopes <laughs> for how this yeah. is going to go for for Steve Cohen and for um, the Mets who are beloved to so many. And the other, the other thing he had going for him is he's a lifelong Mets fan. And I like that. I like it when the owner, it, you know, it could be and just an investment or whatever, but when it's your team from when you were a kid, I think it just, it matters more. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I saw today. And of course this is again, off the top of my very feeble brain um, that they're keeping Marcus Stroman, which would be a brilliant move really just between he's such a good person character wise and I, I think he's got a lot left in him. That's for sure. One of the topics that we just can't get away from is the impact of COVID. We're still dealing with it. God, it's like us and the president. COVID, COVID, COVID. It is. <laughs> but we're not quite immune yet. Uh, but the Dodgers tested negative. So when, one of the things we were talking about last week when we ranted about Justin Turner is how many people did he infect? And a Apparently, at least the Dodgers who got tested before taking a plane ride back tested negative. What I didn't know was the the wife of one of the Rays tested positive. So that's not clear. I mean, 
privacy. We don't know who it is. Had you heard about that? Um, no, not until um, today when I saw your notes and read the link to the article that that you identified. So I will say that these tests were immediate. Mm-hmm. And there is an incubation period. Point. So I would be curious now if there's retesting happening. Which we won't know because now they're not working. So they're under no mandate to be tested. That's true. There is no more Major League Baseball testing right now. So whatever tests they do, they're on their own for follow-up. Yeah, Baseball doesn't care anymore. It's like, done, we're done. So, And also, if we don't track it as MLB, we can't, we don't have to divulge anything because we don't know anything. So we can't talk about how this was a super spreader or not. Yeah. I, I feel so bad for the Rays though. So, I mean, sounds like they were all negative except for this woman, but they, they had to take a plane back and the plane with all the players on it was stuck for five hours on the tarmac, delayed for five with the hours. Players they, on the plane. Yeah. And their families. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently they they brought in some food at some point, but eventually they had to bus them to another plane and they got home at midnight instead of 6 p.m., which is a big difference. So that just sucks. Like after losing, then you have to go through like this misery stuck on a plane. And not knowing if anybody with you is now positive for COVID and you're in a tiny tin box for five more hours than you planned. So the uh, the player um, and the... um, his his wife again. We don't know who it is who tested positive. The, the, just the spouse tested positive. Drove back. They were not on that plane. Oh, they well, rented good. a car and they drove back to home from there. So yeah, Very um, good. so we aren't going to know. We just we aren't going to know. There's no news yet mm-hmm. about what MLB is going to do. I've heard some journalists say, "Oh, Justin Turner is going to get this gigantic suspension," and other people are like, "No." No, he's not. It's the mm. season's over. It would be different if it wasn't, but it's over. They're not going to do anything. So we don't know. We don't know. I did read. Oh, okay. Did, did you enjoy his apology? Do you remember his apology? He hasn't. He hasn't I was going to say, wait, I, I, did I miss something? Holy no, shit. because there wasn't one. There's no remorse. There's no apology. Rob Manfred hasn't apologized for the fact that MLB couldn't couldn't contain this thing. No one has apologized. No one has shown remorse. Um, when you talked about your Alex Cora shirt, there were, there are a bunch of opinion pieces in various um, journals, magazines, papers, all, all kinds of out- media outlets right now. And a lot of people are like, I'm a diehard Dodgers fan, and I don't know if I can ever wear my my Turner shirt again, my Turner jersey uh-huh. again. And so people are feeling that. They're like, you let yeah. us down. There is so much brokenheartedness and disappointment, just like how we feel when somebody we really care about does something stupid or awful. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, now what do we do with this? What do we do with this? Do we have, do we have to give up this, you know, longstanding love we've had for this player, or is it going to come around? And and also though that he had such a pivotal role in the in the series, yeah. you know, like he he played a major part in them winning that. So yep, where do you go with that? Sure enough. So Joe Kelly talked about how they were living not in a bubble, just like we said, it wasn't really a bubble. It was called a secure zone. And he said, here's how secure our zone was. Our, we were, you know, in this resort hotel, right? And he said that his, you know, his family, their their windows opened onto whatever green it was on the golf course, which was like 20 yards away. He said, people were playing golf all day long and their balls would land right in front of our window and they would cross the, the secure zone border, like the police tape or whatever it was they had and come right there and pick stuff up. And people like the security would try to stop them from like crossing into the secure zone. Like, oh, I'm just getting my ball. Just be a minute. So stuff like that happened all the time, right? And again, we had um, we had fans in the place. I mean, it, right. secure zone is is way different than a bubble. So you know things are going to happen. So it's already talk about what's going to happen for next year, because it's like, oh well, if there's not a vaccine, like really, we're still <laughs> by, hoping by March, by the end of February, right? Yeah, and is our major league ball players going to be first in line for it? You know, if we have a um, maybe. Right. Who knows the way we operate, right? <laughs> oh, that's sad. One of the ways of handling this, uh, of um, trying to actually have minor league ball next year, even if it's reduced to way fewer teams, is major league and triple A would start spring training at the regular time. But the lower levels of the minors 
would start once the major league season begins. So they would be delayed. So that way they could use mm. the spring training facilities, not at uh, the same time okay. as major league and triple, because they need triple A because they need cannon fodder as you called them. Right. Right. But the other guys could start, you know, a month later, a month and a half later, and then their season would start later. And, you know, there's not really protocols in place for them because if you might remember, we've said once or twice that they don't have a union. Minor leagues are not represented with the union, so they have no say in what these protocols are going to be. And that's already started. And also, you know, Major League Baseball is supposed to be starting to negotiate with the players union now because their agreement expires at the end of next year. And who knows if that's going to happen because COVID, COVID, COVID. Yuck. That's just a lot. And these are the minors that we get to keep. Right. Right. Fuck that. Yep. Hey, it's time for the hot stove already. And I'm actually really pretty cold right now. So I think the hot stove. (laughs) Hey, do you remember why the hot stove is called the hot stove? Some people out there might not know. Oh, shit. I know you told me, but, and of course I remember, but I know that our good listeners would like to hear you explain it again. (laughs) Better you than me. (laughs) So a whole lot of fans of Major League Baseball think that the only baseball in the world is Major League Baseball. I've heard that. When the World Series is over, they believe mistakenly, as we tell you all the time, that there's no baseball until pitchers and catchers report. So there's nothing to do except gather around a hot stove with your friends, although we're not even doing that. Now it's a metaphorical hot stove. We're doing this over Zoom or over fire pits in people's backyards. Right, fire pits. Yep. Talk about baseball, right? So it's going to be the talking about baseball because we're not playing baseball. That's why it's the hot stove. It gets us through the long winter months. It's also the nickname for all the stuff that's actually happening, like trades and free agency and all those things. So today, as Potty Mouth said, we are recording on Sunday. And this evening was when free agency officially began. So free agents could start being signed as early as right this very second. So by the time you hear this, there may have already been some. If the last couple of years have any, anything to teach us, probably not. So things that you may have been hearing about, lots of opt-outs. Players with contracts often have a player option and a team option. So the 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 contract may be for five years, but it might have an opt out at two years or three years when the team or the player can say, "Mm, I don't think so. A lot of that happened this year. There were a lot of teams that did not take the option for players for those opt out clauses, a bunch of them. And that had to happen within five days after the end of the World Series. So that the deciding whether you're going to opt out or not is, is done now. Now, even if a team did not accept somebody's option, they can still rehire them. But what they're doing is they're shedding financial commitments because a boatload of money did not get made this year that normally gets made. So there are, it's a lot of belt tightening about what people are going to spend next year. So you may still get to keep your favorite guy whose option didn't get picked up, but if he stays, it's going to be for a lot less. Also, you're going to start hearing about players being non-tendered. So these are players that are eligible for arbitration for this coming season, but the team that they are currently with does not want to tender them a contract. So they will, because they're non-tendered, they will become a free agent instead of going to arbitration. There's a deadline of December 2nd for that, to have to tender a contract to a player. One thing that's probably going to happen a lot too for um, free agency contracts, a lot of them are going to probably be backloaded We talked about this before, like remember um, Bryce Harper didn't want to take a a deal from the Nationals because so much of the money would come in the outlying years and not immediately. And he wanted the money now. And a lot of players do. But again, because not as much money was made this year as is normally made, then teams will say, we don't have that money now, but we'll have more money later. So how about we give you a big honking contract, but most of the money is going to come a few years from now. Free agents can be signed now. So let's see what happens. Are we going to have one of those chili hot stoves or is it going to take off? I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah, and I can link to an article that had the, a list of the three agents, and I'm trying to remember if like what the big names were on there. But I do remember that that like shortstop, there weren't that many names. There were definitely some positions, and that's another thing too is how much competition is in there and how fast people are going to get scooped up and for what what deals. Like Didi Gregorius is on is one of the shortstops. I remember that he'll probably get some attention, I would guess. So the top two are um, Trevor Bauer and mm-hmm. um, and JT Realmuto are the yeah. top two uh, on a couple of the lists of who's probably going to command the biggest contract this year. We shall see. Fun. But you are right. There is more baseball to be had. And this is your friendly public service announcement reminder that if you want to get the $15 deal, it's before November 15th. So that's pretty easy to remember. 15 bucks before the 15th. And you can get the entire season of Dominican baseball, otherwise known as Lidom. And I've been requested by a couple of our friends on the CPBL chat. So a lot of our CPBL buddies That's ending too. So everybody's looking for what's the next baseball that we're going to watch. And we were were asked specifically by Ollie if we could do a little bit of a lead into the lead on and an overview of what's available. And I'm sorry, Ollie, I did not have the time to go into it. And we didn't have the time in the episode today. Really, I was out canvassing in Pennsylvania today and and I got up for the CPBL game this morning. So I am working on fumes, but I can do better than that. I can tell you why you should pick my team, which is the (laughs) Leones del Escogido. So for our long-term listeners, you might remember that two years ago, I was a very faithful Estrellas Orientales fan until they fucked over Fernando Tatis Jr.'s father, Fernando Tatis Sr., who had been their manager and won them their first championship and then the next year didn't start off so well and they canned him. So I, I also left along with Fernando Tatis Jr. He left them too at that point. And I started supporting the Leones del Escogido. Little did I know at that point that um, Rafael Devers had played on the Leones del Escogido. A lot of great names. And this year coming up, they just bagged Wander Franco, who is the number one prospect in MLB right now. And he's with the Rays. And thank you, Rays. Thank you very much, Tampa Bay Rays, for signing off and letting Wander Franco go to the Dominican League. Just for, for folks who are curious, there will be no fans. COVID is not under control in the DR. I'm a little nervous about the whole thing. It's not going to be quite as much fun as CPBL in that sense, because one of the great things about CPBL is you could feel good about there being fans and baseball being played because they had such a good public health situation. I am hoping things work off with Leadum, but right now they will not be having fans. The one, another cool thing though about the Leones is they're doing the cardboard cutouts thing. So I forgot to check right before the show to make sure that there was still some available. It's only 17 bucks for the whole season. Are you going to do it? Well, you know what I'm going to do it for. So this is really funny. It came up in the CPBL chat when we were talking about what to do. And somebody came up with the bright idea of having Lion, the mascot Lion from the Lions of the CPBL, be a cardboard cutout. And that I will sponsor. So I think Infill Fly Girl was going to look up the best profile pic of him. And I would buy Lion in the Dominican Republic because that's just too cool. Like all that's Lions pretty good. coming together. It's good. Yeah. Sure. Good vibes. We're super happy today to welcome back Clive Shu, who you might remember was with us a few weeks ago when we were talking about the CPBL, the Taiwan Professional Baseball. And we are here because we are in the Taiwan series. So we, number one, have to go back to a bet that we made. I think it was actually right after you were on last time and see how that <clears throat> bet came out. And then I think we're going to be making a new one. So I just want to say, you know, welcome, Clive. Thanks so much for joining us again. Oh, my absolute pleasure. And I'm only here to pay that debt. <laughs> <laughs> I totally appreciate it. So like the way that the, the order of events were, I believe, is so first you, you had a post on Twitter about showing what you do to love CPBL. And we responded and we won the Lynn and Cobb ball, which was yep. amazing. And then you came on to talk to us about it. And as we were chatting, you mentioned that you had another ball. And then we put up a bet. I think it was actually online, though, shortly after your interview, where I said, mark my words, that the Lions were going to be winning the second half and going to the Taiwan series. And you basically said anything but, and miraculously it happened. So here we are. (laughs) 
and we ended up getting two baseballs out of it, right? Correct. Um, Zhu Yixian, Dimple Cannon, and uh, Chen Junxiu. So worked worked out well for you. The Josh Renicky ball has disappeared into oblivion. <laughs> I don't know what Jason <laughs> has, has done Renicky with it. too, though. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's true. But if you met Jason, if you met Jason, you would understand. He's he's okay. very scared. He showed up five minutes before game time to one game. He's he's kind of all over the place. <laughs> he's got that uh hippie. He's not gonna listen to the show. Yeah, no, he won't hear the show. <laughs> Even if he does, he'll be like, Yes, that's correct. That is correct. That's, good. <laughs> you know? that's very good. So this is like the beautiful irony though. So like my lions get it, and we end up with two monkey balls, yeah, which are Patty's funny. teeth. Which makes me happy because I had no dog in the fight before. It was like, okay, the monkeys aren't even part of the bet. And yet the monkeys are the prize. So I feel right. good about that. But not yeah. to leave, you know, well enough alone. Potty mouth jumps right back in for a whole other bet. <laughs> yeah, here we go. But the the end was so exciting though. And and it comes down too with those two games that the monkeys threw. Like to lose, well, yeah. I mean, I think they threw them. They, they like had to lose in order to have a better chance to get into the series. Right. And then it still didn't work. It's it's probably the only sports league in the world where something like that can happen, where losing benefits you. It happened right. a couple of years ago in 2017 to the brothers. They were trying to throw games to the monkeys because they wanted the monkeys to win, and it worked out for them. They made it all the way to the Taiwan series, but they didn't win. So it's 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 quite strange, actually. Wow. So it happens often, though. Like, it I happen, didn't realize that. Happens, I thought this was a weird... Yeah, it happened back in 2017 the last time. That is wild. I was really thrilled to see how the monkey, the the lions, not the monkeys, how the lions ended it. Because at that point, when it got to the point where the monkeys were throwing games, I started getting a little bit nervous for the for the first time because the lions were going up against two really tough pitchers with the guardians and then with the brothers, with um, Henry Sosa first, right, and then DePaulo, who are yeah. like the top pitcher of each team, and. Yeah. They won. Yeah, I thought that that was sort of amazing, and I felt like here we go. We're gonna we're gonna keep going. Yeah, you couldn't script that last week any better because for the monkey, every team like had their own agenda. The brothers, mm-hmm. if they're already in, so they didn't really they weren't as as urgent for them. But if they won both halves, they would have a one game lead in the series. The monkeys, it had to be like perfect. The guardians win this. The guardians lose this. The lions win this. The lions lose that. And so it came down to the last game for them as well. If the brothers won, yeah. the monkeys would have played the lions and you know of course the lions they had it within their own power the guardians had it within their own power yes so it was it was really exciting that week it's oh incredibly the guardians especially because they had more games than anybody else we were talking we've been talking about that on this show that they really had it within their own power and they'd been doing so well i actually really feel bad for guardians fans yeah because they were looking so good and had bounced back so much at the end but so here we go on to our next round of betting though so yes. dis- despite this impressive showing by the Lions at the end, you're you're still going to go with the brothers, huh? I, or you're, you're going more with than going brothers. with the brothers. Well, my initial prediction was with that the brothers would sweep. So that you know that was in the toilet after the game one, and then last night I added on there that I think they would win two games by six or more runs. So they won last night nine to one. I just halfway there. Yeah, I personally, if if I didn't have no no people or have friends on the brothers, I think I would actually root for the Lions because I told you last time I'm an underdog guy. Mm-hmm. But when I watch the Lions, I just don't have a peaceful, this is going to work out kind of feeling, you know? Neither like do I. All, <laughs> I've exactly. never had that. <laughs> exactly. Never had a team I care uh, about. Peaceful, really? Yeah. No, so, not peaceful. You know, whether it's the three starters, everything has to go perfect for mm-hmm. them in the seven games. Um, the starters ha- the starters have to go deep, all three of them. If they use a fourth starter, it'll be the lefty, Zhang Yin probably. And then the the relievers, they've done a good job the first two games. Everything has to go perfect for them. The hitters have to perform. Um, and, you know, to do it four times, essentially, against the Paula, Miranda, those four starts, it's going to be plus Rodgers. You know, it's it's a tall task, but stranger yeah. things have happened, and that's why you play the games, you know? <laughs> So, so for a recap, we are recording Sunday night. This drops Tuesday midday. So right after there will be another game that will have happened by the time that this comes out. So it won't be one and one and we'll see who's ahead at that point. But right now it's one to one. So that first game 
was kind of a shocker that the Lions ended up winning in uh, in extras. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it could have really, I think it f- could have gone both ways. It really could have gone either way. Um, Brock Dykeshorn gave them exactly what they needed uh, starting. Um, Miranda was was excellent, eight innings, one run. But you know, Pamushel, that's yeah, that's when the big vet, the veterans step up big, and he he surely did so. Wow. So, what do you see for games three through five? What do you? How do you think it's going to run down? Are you seeing just brothers keeping going? Yeah, I think the tide turned last night, um, and I'm glad there's a day off today for the Lions to kind of regroup and then go mm-hmm. back down home, and that that'll energize them a little bit. The fans there are ready. They're, you know, they're chomping at the bit for another championship as well, and I think I think that will give them a little boost, but. I think they're. It's all downhill from here for, for them. Unfortunately, oh, all right. So I'm going to disagree, and we are definitely laying Please. down another bet right now. Please. So yeah. you all are our witnesses. We are betting. Clive is going with the brothers, winning everything else yes. right now. And you know, yes. just you know, you win if the brothers win, and I win if the Lions win. And you have a lot of logic in your favor. I read your your end of the season report, and it's very clear that the brothers' numbers are better, and the majority of the commentators are pro brothers, but my birthday is on Thursday. So there is a chance if the lions win the next three games that they could take it all on my birthday. So that is sort of like double, like good mojo kind of thing. So what I put out on Twitter, I think yesterday was help me finish this sentence. (laughs) And Patty already tried to help me finish. And I didn't accept that one, which was if the, (laughs) if the lions If the Lions win it all on my birthday, I will dot, dot, dot. And so what will I do? Saba boy tattoo. Right. That's what Patty said? So Patty said Saba boy tattoo. I said, no way. I said, no way. No, that's. That's, That's all not I want for, for Potty Mouse birthday right there. Just, That's hey, what I want I'll, to see. I'll, I'll chip in. I'll chip in 20% <laughs> of the car. So what I what I, the other suggestions that came down that I will agree to, somebody said to go find Taiwan beer and drink it, and yeah, I, I'm I good that. with that. Then that. then Daniel Shi said, buy me five beers, and I said that I would also do that. And then somebody else said that, is he old enough? Can he drink? He's like, he's, he's underage, man. He's still in college. (laughs) He just turned 21. Like that was, that was the thing during the season. Yeah. yeah. But although in Taiwan, it's, It's is it younger? All right. So, so he can drink, I can buy him beer in Taiwan. And then somebody else said that I should learn one of the lions rally songs and sing it. And I said that I would do that. And then they said that the beer should come first. So if the lions win it all on my birthday, I will drink a lot of Taiwanese beer and then sing one of the Lions Rally songs and record it. At least uh, a or after part you get the tattoo. <laughs> during, during. During, during the tattoo. It's, it's going to have to be a lot of beer. You know, total wine in Virginia. I find, so I started doing research. Where could I find Taiwan beer? Nothing in D.C. had it, but total wine in Virginia. That's where I'm going for my Taiwan beer. Wow. Total wine in Virginia has Taiwan yeah. beer, huh? Yeah. It's a huge. It's huge. That's amazing. When you have all the wine, apparently you have all the beer too. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I was going to say fly fly out to Taiwan and uh, thank the lions yourself. Throw a party. That's a good, but I would have to spend two weeks in a hotel room first (laughs) before going to the party. The The parties would all be over. over. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that would be such a nice thing. Such a nice thing. Okay. So, so what is happening at the games as far as like COVID protocols? So we just had the world series with fans in seats for the first time Mm -hmm. all season here. And it was weird. It just made me nervous. I mean, I liked hearing the fan sounds during the games, but I I didn't feel good about it because, oh my God, they were in freaking Texas. Not like anywhere here is, is a good place right now for COVID, but Texas, it just made me think super spreader. And then I look at CPBL games and I think, oh, see, see, that's the way it should be. But there's still there's still protocols to follow, yeah. Yeah, definitely. They won't let you into the into the stadium at all if you don't have a mask. And then on your ticket, you have to write your name, your ID number, and your your cell phone number. So that and then all the people with you have to do that as well. So you know, if anything does happen, part of their success has been contact tracing. So if mm-hmm. one person gets infected, they can call. Sometimes it's up to 100, 150 people they're interview and they'll test wow. uh, everybody that that person wow. came into contact with. Yeah. And then so you're supposed to keep your mask on. I mean, it's not, it's not enforced. You're supposed to keep your mask on if you're not um, 
uh, social distancing, one meter here. But you, you can see in the stands, half of them have them on, half of them are down. You don't have to have it on when you're eating, uh, stuff like that. But, you know, they're spraying hands all the time. But really, I think it's a it's a it's just a huge cultural difference in the classroom. When you notice it the most because I'm in education, uh, they're they're almost afraid to ask teachers questions. You know, where, whereas in the U.S., you know, they'll they'll say whatever they're thinking <laughs> they're on, at As the moment. As a teacher, I can I can verify that. Exactly. Yeah. So it's very cultural where like in the U.S., you're almost encouraged to challenge ideas, to speak your opinion and to, you know, not, not follow, not rebel, but not follow everything. Here, we're rule followers. You know, if we need to wear masks, we'll wear masks. And we have the SARS experience from 2013. So culturally, and, and the way that the island is set up with the healthcare system, it's a national healthcare system. You swipe your card, it has a chip on it. They can tell everywhere you've been. They can connect it to your passport. So it's, it's set up to succeed. Um, granted, the people are following. And so the, I think there's, there's a lot of trust uh, between the people in general and the government. It's not a, you know, like the U.S. As, as you're, I was going to say, that is well not aware. happening here. Yeah, wow. so people trust the government and they, they, they follow it. And so, you know, they, they're, not, they're at peace. They're not worried that they're going to contract it when they go to a baseball game because, you know, we've had something over 200 days without a local case. Without one local case, two hundred days, case. not one. Yeah, they've local all been case, from. The whole they've all from been from people returning. And case in point, Mitch Lively just went back to the U.S. yesterday to be with his family. And so I was this asking, is a brother's picture. Yeah, brother's picture. Did you have to uh, get any tests? Did you have? Are you going to have to quarantine? He's like, no, my wife's going to pick me up, and I'll just go home. You know, and that's in California. He's in California. Whereas here, it doesn't matter who you are. You you have to do a two week two week quarantine. So. Man, so when the when MLB decided that fans were going to be at the World Series, you probably are aware of this, you know, and they sold tickets in blocks of four and said those four people you have to be in your pod, people you live with. Nobody followed that. A good friend of ours we had on the show a couple of weeks ago who went to, you know, an NLCS game said, oh, yeah, no, we had friends fly in to sit with us. And she's kind of a rule follower generally, but, you know. And then MLB said, oh, yeah, we're not going to worry about contact tracing. The local health departments can take care of that. Yeah. Like, really? Really? No. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> yes. And that's why you're having 90,000, 100,000 new cases a day now, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a little scary. <laughs> One day I will go to a baseball game again. One day. Yes. One day. I know. Well, that's, I mean, watching that's, there's so much wonderful about watching the Taiwan series, but it now it's really a crowd. I mean, it's yeah. 78%, right? It's, it's 78%, but is I don't see very many empty seats no. <laughs> at, the, at the stadium yesterday. So that mass capacity is 20,000 and 78% is 15,600. I do not see 4,400 empty seats. <laughs> you know, so Math is hard, Clive. Math is hard. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that I do appreciate that you got done that I had requested. I'm not sure if it was when we when you were on here last or if it was online, but that was the singing with with Richard, the oh, take man. me out to the ball game, which I know you fought over. So you and Richard have been a duo several <laughs> times with the CPBL English language broadcasts, and you guys are just fabulous yeah. together. I mean, I've got to say, I, I shouldn't pick favorites, but so the two of you are so fun. It's just the two of you have personalities that go really well together. And it seems like, you know, you bring out the fun in him a little bit and you'd been trying so hard to get oh, him to sing with you. Jeez, talk about mission, mission impossible. <laughs> he would not, he would not do it on air, but I think there's some uh, political considerations that he's thinking about or, um, you know, stuff with the, with the, with the TV, he wanted to do it on air with the keyboard, um, that day that we, that I recorded it, but there was something wrong. The, they, the, um, 11 sports wasn't connected, right. Tech wise. So they couldn't, they couldn't have the keyboard play sound and us sing and the game play at the same time. We would have to let them know ahead of time. Uh... So that's why he didn't do it on air that day, but. Okay. Yeah, he's he's pretty he's pretty stoic. He's he's generally he's he's like kind of like a teddy bear. He has a soft side, but you definitely have to just you just have to go for it and draw it out of him. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but you got him to play. So the final recording yeah. was you singing and him playing. Yeah. But I thought he was a singer also. He did, he didn't want to sing. I, I, I thought he was going to jump in there, but 
I don't know if it'd been too long or if, if just playing was enough. He he has he he has like an opera like opera esque voice. Wow. I've heard him sing before. Yeah, he's very very talented. So my follow up request, because he's a big Red Sox fan, is yeah. that he should do Sweet Caroline, and that's a great keyboard tune. So yes. keep telling him that Potty Mouth wants to hear him sing Sweet I, Caroline. He I is will. doing now. You're not doing any of the games this week, right? Uh, unfortunately, no. Very disappointed. Didn't too too far down the food chain. <laughs> Oh, it's too bad. The sad thing, and this is our, our next question here. The sad thing is out of the se- potentially seven, right? Out of seven games, uh, the, the two that already happened did not have any English commentary because right. they were brothers home games. So the only English commentary games are the three games. And luckily there will be three now that are all going to be at the Lions home. But if it does go to game six or seven, there's no English commentary for that. Yeah, I know, you know a little- I know. I know Richard tried really hard to get Elta Sports, Elta TV. They they own the Brothers Home Games. I know he tried really hard to get them to do it, but I think eventually it came down to just you know dollars. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, I do know it costs around ten thousand U.S. dollars to add the English broadcast. I'm not totally sure what all goes into that. That seems wow. really really high to me. It does. You you mean you're not getting five thousand dollars for a game? <laughs> no. <laughs> so ten thousand US dollars for the for the so it just they, and they're not making any money off of it, right? Right. So Alta Sports, I guess, put simply, just didn't care enough. Whereas Eleven Sports, you know, they're just they're just going to shell it out and finish yeah. the season. Wow, yeah. that's why we like them better. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely, absolutely. They they've won me back over. Yeah, for thank sure. you, Eleven Sports. <laughs> oh, that is really so. I mean, that kind of leads into. Is this the end of English commentary for CPBL? Are they no. going to bring it back? Would they bring it back next year? Can we beg and plead? What's what's it look like? No, I don't. I don't think so. I honestly uh. don't think so. Like maybe 001 percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just a unique, a unique, a unique year this year with the way with COVID and how it affected other leagues and how our league started. Um, but uh, if they're not even like the brothers aren't even going to do this Taiwan series. I don't see right. them doing even just weekend games next season at all. Oh, that's so sad for yeah, all of us it new is. fans. Maybe it's time to pick up another language. Yeah, it's hard though. I mean, I have a hard time just with with player names. Every week when we come to our little CPBL spot and I've written down the names and then I look at it and I go, oh, I really don't feel confident <laughs> about how to say this. And I need more support, I guess, with the broadcast too, because they're not, you know, videoed for the English language commentary. So it would yeah. be nice to have some, as a language teacher myself, yeah. to have some graphics to go with the with when it's being spoken then it would be even more than ten thousand dollars yeah you will probably sound better than michael michael barra though (laughs) my son really my my son will go and replay his podcast and just find the sections where he's saying the players names and he'll just play them over and over and over and sit there like oh no funny to him Oh, well, I love it. Well, Michael listens to us, so I can cut that if you want. Just let no, me know. No. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Michael his due. Yeah, All right. No, I, I adore Michael, and I adore oh, his awesome. willingness. To, he tries it more than me because I'll get to it, and I'll go, uh, Nunu. It was, you know, like, or, or yeah. Hollywood. or I Like, I stick to the nickname yeah. because I feel so bad. And I know I can't even pronounce Linanco right? It's Linanco. It's not an O sound. Yeah, Linanco. Yeah. yeah. And part of the difficulty is also there's tones. And then mm-hmm. when you when you spell out their names and using um, the English alphabet, you can't get all of the sounds 100%. So, you know, Suchije is is su zijie. You know, I'm, that that was a Michael Barron impersonation. That was a Michael Barron. So the thing is, is that's so funny. <laughs> whenever, whenever I hear him, so with my ears, whenever I hear him say it, I say, "Wow, I wish I could be as good as Michael with saying sushi che," but but I, I I just don't, you know. And and it's the chit and the che too. Like they they look so similar, both parts yeah. of the names. And then the other outfielder, please help me and say his name. Chen Jiexian. Chen Jiexian. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I wish I could because he's adorable. The three of them are so cute. Yeah. I love their like poster boy picture. They are really cute. Yeah. And and actually, you know what I super appreciated in your write-up that the man crush thing with Lenanko. Oh, totally. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> He's a good guy. Yeah. yeah. I, although he is his bat didn't keep up at the end. He didn't keep no, up with the home run streak. Yeah, streak. He, di- he didn't. Hopefully, you know, he's he's hitting 500 right now for the through the first two games. Infield hit, a bunt, but yeah, I th- I feel uh, I'll be surprised if he didn't hit any hit any home runs in, sometime in the next three games. All right. Yeah. Well, I will be looking forward to that for sure. Yes. <laughs> so thank you, thank you so much for coming back and doing this. And we didn't talk about the the um the means of the bet. I'm still kind of deciding on it. I mean, Patty is kind enough to throw in the shirt off her back, literally. The literal of, shirt off my back for right now. Yeah. Right. Even even though like she's totally been tangential in this whole thing. And then I showed you a couple of bobbleheads that I have around, but they're Nats and Red Sox. So I know that's not your favorite either. So I feel like I've got to look for something cool Orioles for it's, my it's, end. It's okay. Just whatever <laughs> whatever you guys come up with will will be fine. <laughs> I know what I wanted to ask you. Who's your favorite all-time player? Ooh, MLB. All-time. Hmm. I think I would have to go with probably Nolan Ryan. Okay. Because he was with the Astros when I first started watching baseball, mm-hmm. and I just I, I remember where I was when he hit his you know three thousand strikeouts, and I remember when he threw a seventh no hitter. I remember him grunting, you know, the fastball curveball combination. So, <laughs> and just like a mentality that. You know, I would want to to see every pitcher have just that. You you're gonna come get me, Robin Ventura? Come on, bring it. <laughs> you know that, that kind right. of. I'm ready for you. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So this is my like the back of my head. What I just remembered is I have a kid who's an artist, and if I bribe them enough, then they will um do it. They sure. they drew drew a really good of uh Ricky Henderson for our friends at Three Strike Noise, and so after seeing that, I thought, huh, I bet I could get them to draw. Sure. And as a player of mention, yeah, as evidence, here's the here's the monkey's jersey. Oh wow, it, it's Very a little nice. dark, but that's Chen Jinfeng, Chen Feng Chen. He was the first Taiwanese uh, player to reach the major leagues. So this was the jersey that the entire team wore on during his last home game. That is crazy. Yeah. That is absolutely crazy. Which means you know that the brothers are going to be winning. But <laughs> but you know, I don't know. I've got the birthday mojo going for yeah. me. So and I'll try and snag something lions for you. If I, if I can. all I want is like a little sticker. Like if they do make it, like any little sticker that or poster that says Lions Taiwan Series champs. Okay, that would be okay. super yeah. ultra cool. Wow. Well, thank you for taking time out from your school day and recording in your office with us. Shh, don't tell that part. Oh, oh, sorry, (laughs) folks. All right. Nobody, nobody from school knows that. This was definitely done after school, late at night. After school, after school. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Thanks, Clive. It's always nice to see you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I want to say a super extra special thank you to Clive Shu for joining us. It was so much fun. And so you all know, he has been one of the English language commentators on 11 sports this season and one of definitely the most enjoyable ones. They're all wonderful. They're all wonderful. But Clive has been great fun to listen to. And, and I'm sad that it's that we're not going to be able to hear him again. I hope we get to hear you, Clive, somewhere, somehow announcing baseball. That's right. And even if it is us getting on a plane one day when we can do that again and go into a game in person, because that would be so great. I miss going to baseball games. Hey, so um, you have to get up pretty early to see these games, but it's worth it. It is totally worth it. I feel super pressure because I was we were just telling Clive off air that Yesterday, I watched the whole game when the Lions won. This morning, I literally slept through the half inning where the Lions gave up all their run- well, the first chunk of runs. Yeah, they gave up some more later, but yeah. where where the where the tide really turned. So now I feel like I've got to get up, I've got to caffeinate, I've got to be serious about watching this baseball. Luckily, I have tomorrow off, which is Monday. But Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I will be up in front of my computer at 5.30 in the morning. And you, dear listeners, should be joining me. Because, you know, Tuesday, I hear, is a big day in the United States. There's this election thing happening. And if you've already voted, and I hope you've already voted because it's the right thing to do, maybe you need to do something to take your mind off of the election for a little while, only if you've already voted. And I, I will... I will second the recommendation that watching uh, the Taiwanese series would be an excellent way to do that. 
Yeah, and you can actually see the recording because 11 Sports puts the whole game out. So if you don't feel like getting up at 5.30 in the morning, but you still want to watch some baseball, go to 11 Sports Taiwan on Twitter. We'll put the link. Yes, we will. So there's baseball to watch, the current baseball to watch. Yay. There are election returns to watch, but don't count on what you hear on election day because the counts are going to keep coming in. And that's going to be what the week looks like. There's going to be some hot stove action, maybe. Theoretically, there could be hot stove action. Maybe a big deal will have gone down before you hear this, between the time we record Sunday night and when you hear this on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, that's right. We're the other way to pass the time on election day. If you have friends that are tense also, please just tell them to listen to our show. They'll feel better immediately. Absolutely. You can always find us on social media. Talk to us on Twitter all day on election day at NCIB podcast. <laughs> NCIB podcast. That's it. Yes, I have the day off. So talk to me on Twitter on Tuesday or Facebook and Instagram. No crying in b-ball. Excellent. And in the meantime, my friends, please wear your masks. Keep your distance. Please vote like your lives depend on it. And say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. Daylight savings is stupid. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was a killer. <laughs>